and we have great technology and we have all these amazing things that we do that that affect our daily lives which is which is fantastic but that doesn't keep people in an organization what keeps you here is how you're treated and the people that you work around within our employee resource network we have got a number of ERNs or ERGs as they're called out there that has been instrumental in not only helping to advance the people within Trimble, but also helping us with recruiting. It's so funny. I was having a conversation recently about kind of the old adage, like, bring your whole self to work. And we were joking, like, no one wants to see my whole self. Like, I don't want to bring my whole self to work. There are parts of my life, like, I don't want to come to work and be a mom. I want to come to work and and get the project done or get the, the, the higher end. And so... I think that's what that's piggybacking off what David said, having these opportunities for people to bring the part of themselves to work that they want. So we want people to have that place to come and work and have a sense of belonging. Welcome to Talking TA with Top Source Talent, the podcast that brings you the latest insights, strategies, and trends in talent acquisition. Hosted by Denise Chapman, president of Top Source Talent with over 30 years of experience in the industry. This podcast features top industry experts, HR professionals, recruiters, and talent acquisition leaders who will share their experiences and knowledge on how to attract and retain top talent. Join Denise and her guests as they explore the exciting and dynamic world of talent acquisition. Only on Talking TA with Top Source Talent. Hi, everyone. I'm Denise Chaffin, president of Top Source Talent, and I have with me today my guests from Trimble Corporation, Lisa Karis-King and David Meller. Lisa and I have worked together for years, and she went over to Trimble a couple of years ago, and I was fascinated with their company and the technology. Trimble is in industrial technology, which I find fascinating. We hear a lot about technology in the semiconductor, automotive, healthcare, consumer electronics industries, but we don't hear a lot about the industrial technology that Trimble is involved with, like agriculture, construction, government, natural resources, utilities, transportation, all those different areas. So I'm excited to speak with both David and Lisa, and I'm going to turn it over to both of you. Lisa, if you want to get started, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at Trimble, and then we can move to David. Yeah, thanks, Denise, and thanks for having us. So my name is Lisa Karras-King. I've been recruiting for about 20-plus years or so, and as you mentioned, just joined Trimble about two years ago and feel like it's a very unique and special place. When I first joined and was interviewing here, I was told that Trimble is the best-kept secret, and I absolutely agree with that. I am based here in beautiful Colorado, looking at the mountains right now and excited to take part in this conversation. Oh, thank you. And David, you've been with Trimble a long time. So give us a little background. Yeah, definitely. I, I have a little bit of the same path here as Lisa. It looks like combined recruiting background together is probably close to 50 years. <laughs> so we've got plenty of experience, about years of experience here. I've been with Trimble, it'll be eight and a half years I've been with the company. And like Lisa said, when I came on board here eight, eight plus years ago, I never heard of Trimble, but quickly realized, again, as Lisa said, that it's a very special place to work. Very nice. Very nice. Well, one of the things that we wanted to discuss today, because Trimble is a special place to work, is we want to discuss the company culture 
of Trimble and how it's progressed over the years. One of the things that I noted was that Trimble is a company that was started about 45 years ago in 1978. So I'm interested to know about the company culture, how it's progressed over the years, and also internal mobility and employee retention was another part of our discussion that we were going to have today or that we're going to have today. So if we want to go ahead and, and kick things off, one of the conversations we had early on was regarding some of Trimble's internal gig assignments, if you would, and how those assignments work, who can participate, and what are the benefits to this type of program versus hiring, full-time hiring. And Lisa, why don't you get us started on that? Yeah, certainly. So I think all recruiters recognize that it takes a lot of time, effort, and love to bring people into an organization. And when you spend all that time and effort and someone leaves, the costs are pretty extensive. I was recently reading an article in Forbes where it actually does cost U.S. businesses about a trillion dollars just because of voluntary turnover. And so most people, when they leave an organization, say it's their manager or the organization could have done something to keep them from leaving. So we're trying to get creative and build out programs that address that at the onset. And one of those is pretty unique. It's our gig program. It's pretty unusual and pretty special to Trimble. Although I do have to say I did have this opportunity at my last organization as well. And there we called it a stretch assignment. And essentially what this is, is let's say that David has a passion for test engineering, never has been a test engineer, never has been a software tester, but he's like, I really want to figure out what a test engineer is. We offer that opportunity for David to create a gig, work with his manager, work with the, the test engineering manager to take 20, 30, 40, 50% of his day of his week to go work in test engineering. And so this gives David the chance to be like, wow, I really love test engineering and I can bridge my time between doing this and my normal recruiting job, or I really hate test engineering. I never want to do it again, but I feel so much more informed now as I look to recruit test engineers. So it's really, it's really been something unique. In fact, right before walking into this call, I was having a conversation with someone that had left their recruiting job and is working on operations. And it was due to come to an end this week. And she just told me that she's going to keep doing both. She's going to still consider, continue to straddle both recruiting and operations for the indefinite future. And she just said, it's been so amazing to get a chance to learn what goes on from a business perspective, from an operations perspective, what's going on, how does that affect what I do every day as a recruiter. And then selfishly at my last organization, I did have the opportunity to participate in a gig as well, where I was spending 50% of my time working in engineering myself in program management. And at the end of my six months, they actually offered me a full-time job. So I left my recruiting job at my organization and I went and worked in program management. I still am laughing when they called to make me the offer because I am not an engineer, I am not a program manager, but they offered me the opportunity to shift and leave HR and go work in, in program management. And again, it's taught me so many different skills and an opportunity that I don't think I could get elsewhere. Okay, so David, what are your thoughts on the, the gig programs with Trimble? Yeah, you know, again, uh, kind of bouncing off what Lisa was talking about here, it really is that ability for our employees to to pursue passions that they think they might have, areas that are, are of interest to them. But really, 
it keeps one it can help to keep our cost of contractors down when we can train someone internally to do a different skill set it helps with us when it comes to intro mobility again providing a path for someone to advance their career or change their career within Trimble and really help to build that that trust that that we as an organization value you we want you to grow with Trimble we want you to grow your career with Trimble and so it, it's it's just a real exciting program that people can dip their toe so to speak in another part of the organization are there certain areas though of Trimble where the gig assignments or gig program is beneficial I know that with some of my clients for example in recruiting they may have these hiring surges, right? And that's where they bring us in, is to provide gig workers, if you would, or contractors to help them with the hiring ramp. And then they kind of roll us back off as they're hiring, as they meet their hiring goals. So are there other organizations within Trimble that benefit from these gig worker, gig assignments? Well, no, I, I, I think, it, I, yeah, I think you just nailed it there, Denise, that a lot of times when a gig is opened up, it is for a short-term project or a short-term need in an organization that we don't need to hire someone full-time for, would rather not have to bring an outside contractor in. Nothing against you, Denise, right? But yeah. We don't need to bring an outside contractor in for. We need someone who has trimble knowledge already and knows how we can think. So again, it just, it, it allows for that flexible move, being very nimble on our feet when it comes to employees and, and where, we, where we have staffing deficiencies for a short period of time. Interesting. Interesting. And so with these gig assignments, then what you're bringing people in from other organizations and do you wind up then having people who want to stay in that role or stay in that organization versus going back to what they were doing before? Yeah. While I was joking about David wanting to be a test engineer, that truly was an example where I did have a marketing person that did do a gig assignment and test, accepted the job, worked there for a year, and was like, oh, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go back to marketing. So it does happen. But some some gigs could be smaller in scope as well. We have a very large annual conference called Dimensions. And so this is an opportunity, again, where people just want to get involved with business leaders and help plan this ginormous event. So whether it means ordering swag or coordinating logistics or things like that in their free time to get them exposure to different leaders within the organization, to different divisions within the organization. And again, that would just be an example of maybe like a two-month gig that someone could sign up for. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that and giving a little more dimension to to what your internal gig assignments are. I mean, we kind of know what the external, like you were talking about with bringing contractors in from outside. But this is kind of a unique internal, again, program for Trimble that we don't hear about with other companies. So thank you both for sharing that. Regarding some of the other programs that you guys offer to to promote internal mobility and foster a great company culture is around your program called Coffee and Connect. And David, why don't you tell us a little bit about that program? Yeah, it's, it's a really kind of a unique program here. And we are an international company. Which, which puts us in a really unique situation where we have colleagues not only here in North America, but throughout Europe, Asia, and Australia. It allows us the ability to have the opportunity to speak with someone we normally never would, understand what they do on a daily basis, 
talk about the challenges, the successes that we both have had, as well as dive a bit deeper into what they do, understanding it. And again, that kind of really kind of piggybacks on what Lisa said about the gig program. It gives our employees an opportunity to kind of see if there is a passion that they have outside of their normal position. Or, like Lisa said to her friend, I'm going to go back to my old role. That's what I want to do. Test engineering isn't for me. Tell us a little bit more, though, about maybe some of the people that have, have, do you have any examples, if you would, of people who have benefited from a Coffee and Connect type of conversation? Yeah, piggybacking off of what David was saying, we have 12,000 employees across the globe and four major divisions. And so people are doing some very unique and different and distinct work. And so these Coffee and Connects are randomly assigned. The last one I was on in June, I coincidentally got assigned. It was myself and two other solution architects who had never met each other, who both worked in the U.S., but in different parts of the organization. And it was a really fun opportunity for me to sit back and just watch the light bulb go off for the two of them saying, hey, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z within my division. Have you experienced that? And then the other person saying, oh man, I just rolled this out. Like it was amazing. And here's our lessons learned and here's how we could do it different. And so that was a really interesting one for me, again, just to kind of more sit in and observe. But I know that those two individuals were also going to take that conversation past that coffee and connect and really talk about how to instill best practices between their two organizations and come down to it sharing leads or other opportunities where each of the divisions can benefit from it. It's just a chance to get out of your silo, get out of your comfort zone. Like David said, get to meet people that you wouldn't necessarily normally meet. It's just a, a, a new a new and interesting way to connect and, 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 and build those bridges. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's very interesting. And one of the things I'm curious about is how long has this a program or the Coffee and Connect been part of your organization at this point in time? And how do you guys advertise it to your employees? Yeah, I think this is on the second or third iteration of the actual Coffee and Connect, right? So I would say it's been around for a couple of years. It is actively promoted to our employees. Emails are sent out on a regular basis to them to then just very easily connect to the system who they want to talk with. That's interesting. I, I would imagine that as people hear about this, we're probably going to hear a, a trend. This sounds like a, it could be a, a, the start of a trend, really, with other companies. And what do you see since this is, like you said, the second or third iteration of this particular program? What type of increase do you see in people doing the Comfy and Connect versus when you first started the program? Talking with my colleagues here, again, I'm, I'm located out of the Cleveland, Ohio office, but talking with my colleagues there in, in the Cleveland area here, they really have enjoyed the chance. I could take, for example, I talked to a woman in Finland a couple of months ago, and just we, we, we had a conversation about the differences in culture, the way we look at things. And they had the same conversations that I had. One of, the, one of my gentlemen, one of my, one of my buddies here in Cribble talked to someone over in, it was over in India. It had a chance to really kind of talk about positions and, and why we like Trimble and those things. So it was very, very interesting conversations. I think a lot, a lot of folks have had. And how do you have these conversations over Zoom? Yeah. Well, we use Google Meet. Oh, Google. But it's a Zoom. Okay. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Again, I think this is a fascinating program. I, and I and just based on what you're telling me, 
anyone listening to this podcast, I think is going to have an aha moment for their own organizations, correct? Yep. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. And I love the, the success stories too. If you think of any others, please jump in and share them. I mean, this is... It's funny, Denise, that when I was talking to one of my colleagues over in Finland, for me, it was a coffee connect. For her time zone, it might have been a beer and connect, but we'll see. Okay. So that's your next iteration. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Again, I think that this is, it could be the start of a new trend. I mean, it sounds fascinating. So if I were trying to organize something, a program like this for my own company, how would I go about setting that up? When we first did this, again, two plus years ago when it started, it really almost started as a sector initiative within Trimble, right? You talked about earlier about the different sectors, transportation, geospatial, construction, agriculture, right? So your, your audience pool was a little smaller there. And you're able to then get that message out a lot easier and quicker. So that's how it began was more on that 2000 employee kind of environment. Again, still an international kind of a conversation. As, as it kind of grew to where it is now, it was promoted quite heavily through our internal intranet, we called Charlie. And folks were able to read about it and then respond got the invites. So as long as you start off maybe as a pilot with a smaller group of folks, get some people interested. And then slowly build up momentum, then to then take it out to your to your full audience. And if I could just jump in too, so then as far as the process goes, and it is it is through an organization. I I believe probably to David's point in the early days, it started on a spreadsheet or maybe a, a notepad. But we have formalized it, and it's through this company called Random Coffee. So every month we receive an email from Random Random Coffee asking if we want to be a part of a small group. If we do accept, we're randomly matched with one to three other individuals based on our matching criteria. And then it's the it's the work of the per first person on the list to set up the meeting. We set up 15 to 30 minute chats and we can talk about any topic whatsoever. One lady, one lady actually gave me a tour of her hobby farm and I got to see her chickens and everything like that while she was working. And we really believe that having a culture where you can, where you can fully be yourself where you can feel like you belong to that greater Trimble community is really important to us. With so much of our workforce being dispersed and throughout the country, throughout the world, it's it's really important for us to nurture those connections and make sure that we grow the company culture from that point. I know I've heard through other conversations that a lot of organizations are asking employees to come back to work and we're not at that point yet, right? We've we found a made it work, way to make it work with a remote workforce. So with that comes the challenge then too of how do we continue to build and sustain that culture? And this is just one of the pillars that helps us do so. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love the fact too, because so many of, especially in high tech, so many of the companies that we work for or that are part of our, our culture, our American culture now, right, are global. I mean, there are offices in other regions, other countries, and, and we're just scattered all over. I mean, just the tech community has become a global industry. So what's really kind of cool about this too is personally, when I've worked with people, for example, in Asia, and I have learned from them how they're doing recruiting and hiring and whatnot, that type of thing. But that's kind of as far as it goes, right? I mean, what you are learning from the people in your other regions are how they live and personal stories and you know, like you said cultural stories about their countries and about where they live so it you guys are taking this to such a much higher level it's fascinating i love it 
So thank you for sharing that. And even when you're connecting and, and you hit on all those very important parts when it comes to meeting your colleagues from across the world. But one of the other interesting things, especially when you're on project teams or on these copy and talk with someone's, again, from, let's say, Europe, you have to, they look at things from a business standpoint different than we do. Right. And so to have those real in-depth conversations of, well, why are you thinking this way? Right. Right. Why are you approaching it from a business standpoint this way? It just really helps to continue to to stretch our minds on how to solve problems, as well as continue to connect with our with our with our colleagues. Wow, that's fascinating. I, I remember a conversation I had with a hiring manager in Germany one time, and he had gone on vacation. And when he returned about two weeks later, he said that his U.S. team was angry at him because he had turned off his cell phone. He said, "But here in Germany, we turn off our cell phones when we go on vacation. We don't take our." work cell phones with us. So based on what you're saying, yes, business practices are different in different countries. So, oh, that's fascinating. I love it. Great, great topic and great program, especially for, like you said, it's not just about building internal mobility or employee retention. I mean, this is, this is really a way to connect all of your employees from region to region and country to country and learn so much more than just hiring practices or or even business practices like what you were just mentioning. So thank you for sharing that. Another program you guys had mentioned too in one of our earlier conversations were some of your mentoring programs to promote internal mobility and what these programs look like and include at Trimble. So you had mentioned something the other day regarding promoting internal mobility. So if you could go ahead and share with us some of your experience around that. Yeah, and I think the one thing that ties all of the things that we're talking about together right now is the feeling I got throughout my interview process here and since I have joined, and David can probably agree since he's been here a lot longer than I have, is just the authentic and genuine conversations. And so when we say Trumbull's a special place, I think it when I when I've thought about it, I think that's what it comes down to. It is truly authentic and genuine. You can have a conversation with facilities, you can have a conversation with your VP, the CEO, whatever the case may be, and it's just like you're talking to a friend. So I think that's one thing that's that certainly helps kind of bridge all these different programs is it is just real conversations. It's not corporate speak, it's not bullet points that you can speak to. It's real conversations. And so another one of the pillars that that we're doing is we um, have launched a formal mentoring program. We ran the pilot last year just to get get our get our bearings as far as this new software program that we had introduced called Cooper, spelled with a Q. And the program, again, kind of took it away from the scratch paper, from the spreadsheets, and has formalized the program wherein you fill out a pretty extensive um, skills assessment or where you want to go, or what your what your strengths are, where you want to learn, and based on that, it matches you globally within a with a mentor or a mentee across the organization. So this is an opportunity again to have that one on one time with someone outside of your team, outside of sometimes your division, where you can have those conversations in a safe place. When we ran the pilot, my mentor was actually a finance director based in Germany, which again, finance and HR, I actually appreciated that he wasn't in HR, but I did appreciate that he understood from a 
global operations, finance, HR, legal, we kind of run in the same circles. So he had a good understanding of, of what we were going through from an HR perspective, but he just had really good questions that made me challenge myself that then I could bring back to myself to help improve or help ask questions amongst the team. So that was really successful. Then we formally launched globally our mentor program to be open to all employees this year through the Cooper platform. And again, it matches you. It provides weekly training or lessons or articles to read so that when you do come together on a weekly or bi-monthly basis to meet with your mentor, you have conversation topics. And it's not just something that you join a call or join a Zoom and just sit there in stale air. It's, it's very It's very intentional. And then we're also starting to look at taking this to the next level. And it's how do we now how do we now take this mentorship program specifically with our ERNs or some companies call them ERGs, our employee resource groups. So we've got a heavy, heavy ERN population within our organization. So how do we ensure that women are getting matched with women if they want to be matched with women or neurodiverse people are being matched with neurodiverse people? So again, it's just it was a great to run the pilot next last year, this year running and running it at full capacity and now starting to look at how we can enhance it even more. Now, going back to your own experience working with the finance person, your mentor in Germany, two things. One, how long does that relationship continue from start to finish? And number two, what were some of those questions that he asked you that you found very interesting? So... Since that was a part of the pilot, it was just a six-month relationship. Certainly, I, I could probably reach out to him today, and he would always be willing. He's just very a very, very thoughtful person. But conversations were dealing with a difficult coworker, dealing with a project that I didn't know how to get over the hump, and could he help me, and what suggestions did he have? At the time, I was really focused on how do I advance my career? Like, I love, love, love recruiting but after having, like we talked about my stretch assignment with that project management, I really wanted to pull that into my role too. And so he helped me craft that journey and how to have those conversations. And again, through his help and his mentorship in November, I did actually switch my role and kind of, I did move out of formal recruiting, if you will. And I did take on a couple of big projects that I'm leading really focus on internal internal mobility like we're talking about today. But yeah, he helped me that. And then it was also interesting because throughout our six-month journey, he was also approached for a new career opportunity. And so maybe it's coincidence, maybe it's tremble, but it was just very interesting to me that within that six-month period, we both had goals of where we wanted to go with our career and we both achieved those. That's amazing. Now, what about a normal mentorship program. Is it about six months or do they extend longer now? Yeah. So we haven't put timeframes on it. We want it to be employee led or mentee led. It could be something, it could be something like me trying to find a new career or it could just be working through a project. So we've even explored within some of the ERNs having more informal like drop-in sessions, if you will, like having a list of experienced people that if I have a question about how to run data, I would have someone within the, the ERN I could go to and just have a quick one-on-one and say, I, I, I need help with this. But yeah, the, the more formal program is, is, really, is really left to be at the mentees, at, at them driving the program. 
Wow, that's really great. It's interesting. When I listen to what you're sharing right now, a lot of companies have now what they call talent development programs, right? And what you're describing goes beyond that. I mean, you're still developing talent, but you're doing it more holistically. I mean, it's reaching out, like you said, to other organizations and setting up these mentorship programs. And you never know when you enter into them what you're going to learn. So it is kind of taking us to a different level. Yeah. And then this this last rollout, when we went outside of the pilot, I actually switched roles. So now I'm a mentor versus a mentee. And that's been an incredible learning opportunity for me as well. Like David joked, we've both been in recruiting for a long time, but there are some things that we do know. We have been around the block and we do have some best practices that I think that we can share with other individuals. So it's been nice now for me to flip that chair and, and, and be on the other side of the table and give back. Yeah. So also jumping in here, talking about our mentorship program. I know a, a gentleman that I worked with for almost my entire eight years here at Trimble, and he got paired as a mentor, one of our senior vice presidents, who almost goes back to the beginning of Trimble, where he was, I remember him telling the story of sitting in the Six Flags parking lot in the middle of the night, checking our GPS technology and getting kicked out by security, right? But this gentleman that, that I've worked with for a long time was paired with them. And his, what he said to this senior VP was, what can I do to get to the next level? And he, and he really challenged him. I'm not exactly sure everything that was passed down to him. He's had a meteoric rise since then, since having the opportunity to be a mentor, have him. He, that was the point where he's not reporting to our CEO in, in, in any light, but he's in that same sector, almost that same column. So he has meetings regularly now with the CEO. So, and, and when, when he and I first met, he was just a support manager. Nothing against support managers, but that's where he was. And here, seven years later, he's he's found his passion and his drive where he wants to be and has followed it completely because of that mentorship program. That's great. That is a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And, and again, to going back to what you're both talking about with your employee resource networks or ERGs, as some companies call them, employee resource groups. David, I mean... Taking off of what you just shared, how is triple building company culture to employ to encourage employee retention, as well as building out these mentorship programs? Sure, and Lisa and I get we, that, that question gets asked us all the time when we're interviewing candidates or we're screening candidates. What sets Trimble apart, right? And we, we again, we, we're, we've said it a million times here that we're we're lucky and blessed to work here. And we have great technology and we have all these amazing things that we do that, that affect our daily lives, which is, which is fantastic. But that doesn't keep people in an organization. What keeps you here is how you're treated and the people that you work around. And it is something that we live and breathe here at Trimble. Within our employee resource network, we have got a number of ERNs or ERGs as they're called out there. Our Black Professionals Network, very large group that has been instrumental in not only helping to advance people within Trimble, but also helping us with recruiting, going to events with us, to, to the National Society of Black Engineers, helping us recruit into historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. Just an amazing, amazing group. We have a very, very strong, very, very active group in the LGBTQ plus arena. We just finished up some amazing things within Pride Month at Trimble here. We have a neurodiverse ERN, which I'm not sure every company has that. 
but be, really be able to tap into that neurodiverse talent. What is neurodiverse? So the way you can look at that is is Asperger's, autism. Okay. Individuals that have, have that, that challenge in front of them. But amazingly, and I'm sure anyone who has Asperger's or autism will understand, a lot of these folks are brilliant. And they just look at the world a different way. Yeah. Are amazing, amazing voice. And so that has been a very, very exceptional ERN for us. But like I said, it comes down to to the people of Trimble and the way we treat each other and the way that we help to advance each other, to help each other, and, and to, be quite honest, when we fall, help, help each other up. Yep. Very important. Very important. And going back to your neurodiverse or neurodiversity, I have not heard that term before. So thank you for sharing that. I recall when I was working for On Semiconductor years ago, one of the engineers I worked with had been on ADD medication for, or ADHD medication. I don't recall which it was. And he said that when he was at work, he would literally go off the medication because it allowed him to focus better on his job, designing integrated circuit chips. He said he needed that, that, that mentality that he had without the medication in order to do his job more effectively. So it's interesting that you share that. And I actually hired an employee myself a couple of years ago who was autistic. And so the focus on her job was amazing. And, and she's advanced herself since then. So it's, it's great because oftentimes to these different employer resource networks, like you mentioned, can take people who are in these underrepresented minority groups and put them in the spotlight and, and they can help uh, direct all of us you know, to hiring people outside of our organizations better to foster that, that internal growth for themselves and expand within the different organizations, especially a large company like Trimble too, where you have, like you guys have both mentioned, a global outreach. I mean, that's huge. It's so funny. I was having a conversation recently about kind of the old adage, like, bring your whole self to work. And we were joking. I'm like, no one wants to see my whole self. Like, I don't want to bring my whole self to work. There are parts of my life, like, I don't want to come to work and be a mom. I want to come to work and and get the project done or get the, the, the higher end. And so I think that's what that's piggybacking off what David said, having these opportunities for people to bring the part of themselves to work that they want, but then also have that part, that piece to have that belonging, whether it's the Black Professional Network, the Trimble Women's Network, the neurodiverse, the LBGTQ plus communities. So we want people to have that place to come and work and have a sense of belonging. That's amazing. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. Are there other areas to talk about company culture? I would like to just tap into that just a little bit more with both of you. Are there other areas that we haven't discussed so far that, because Triple obviously is light years ahead of a lot of companies. And like you guys have mentioned that early on in our discussion, you guys are a well-kept secret over there, right? So given that, I mean, what other like tidbits about company culture can you share that we haven't discussed already? I think one that we just learned about this morning, and David, I don't know, maybe you can help add in some details, but I just learned about that this morning, is I think every recruiter or every PX or HR business partners struggles with that whole continuum. We hire someone, we want to grow them, we want to retain them, we want to have succession planning, that whole continuum, those conversations that we have every day. And so we put a focus and hired a couple of individuals to specifically focus on early career talent 
And so they just launched a new pilot initiative where they had 15 cohorts start last week. And it's going to be 15 um, individuals that have all graduated college within the last year and are going to be starting an entry-level jobs and work through this cohort together through the organization. So that's not something I had heard about in other organizations. And again, it gives these these early career talent individuals an opportunity not only to get an amazing job, but to share their experiences and have learnings along the way with this group of 15 that they'll get to know really well. Are they going to be working inside the same organization or same business units together? They're in, this, they're in the same division, but all different jobs. Oh, that's amazing. Now, are they going to be meeting then on an occasional basis then to share what they're learning? And so they're going to be kind of like almost an alumni group together? Yeah, just like we look at hiring interns, it's just going to be kind of a early career cohort that we're hiring. And if if David and I had our way, we would never have to recruit, right? Because we would hire an intern, they would get converted to a full-time employee, and then when a senior level person leaves, then that other early career then gets promoted and we'd have all that succession planning. So this is, again, just one key piece to how do we how do we help attract that early career talent and how do we help key them and how does that help with the greater goal of succession planning? Yeah. And again, building that culture, that company culture then for the people coming in as new employees or at interns. Yeah. And as we talked about early career, as well as obviously employee, retaining employees, you have to give these early career employees a clear path on where their career can take them, what they want to focus on, what they want to become. I know as a talent advisor with Trimble, when I have an employee or I'm sorry, a manager come to me with a new position, one of the first questions I ask that manager before we get into all the, all the nuts and bolts of the position is, who can do this job internally? And the answer may be, no, we don't have anybody internally. The answer may be, yes, I have someone identified or I know somebody. But the answer of I don't know is not acceptable. Yeah. Because then we're not digging enough, right? We need to have that conversation a little more in depth. We may have those folks that are early career that are ready to make that jump. We may have someone that is that mid-level employee ready to take that lead role that they don't know about, right? And so that, again, helps to build that internal mobility sense of urgency and to and to take our top performers and to keep them engaged and moving forward in the organization. So how do you, going back to your question though, to your hiring manager, if he says, we don't have anybody internally who fits this role, we need to look for an external resource. How do you search internally to see who may be qualified? So that's where my role kind of changed in November, where we ran a pilot. We called it the change ready pilot. So as most organizations do their talent reviews, so you do know who that top talent is. But I think where a lot of organizations fall short is what then. So you've got this talent, and then what do you do with it? Maybe you talk about it in talent review and nothing else ever happens, unfortunately. So um, the pilot we ran back in December, we took this list of change-ready, as we call them, change-ready employees, and put a real focus to have white gloved treatment for these individuals. So when we got a hot job or we got a certain software engineer that we knew was going to be tough to fill, or we had a hiring manager to David's point that says, I only want to hire internal, we could then reference this list of change ready employees and have individual conversations like, hey, David, are you interested in this role? I noticed that you are looking to expand your career. This may not be in your path, but it's a little bit different. 
And so it really allowed me the opportunity to get to know a lot of internal employees and have those conversations with them. Additionally, when it came to some of these roles, we only did post internally because we just wanted to focus on that internal talent. And so in some cases, we'd have four applicants for one role. But it was so amazing to have conversations with each of those four individuals internally, certainly to offer the job to one of them, but to then to have the conversation afterwards with the three that didn't get the job to say, I'm here for you. Like, I want to help you grow your career. If you have questions in the future, you want me to review your resume. If you want me to do interview prep with you. And each time I had a conversation with people that we were offering this white glove treatment to our employees, they were like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, no company offers that to someone else where you're telling me I didn't get that job, but you're going to help me like to find my next opportunity. It's it's kind of unheard of and really unique to what we're doing. That's interesting. Going back, though, in my own career working as an on-site recruiter, I can remember, though, times when people would want to transfer out for a new role, but they had to spend X amount of time working for their current organization, if you would, or business unit, like six months or a year before they would be eligible to transfer out. So how does Trimble look at that then? And how what's the, the company policy around that? Yeah, that is the general rule is a year, but there are certainly exceptions from time to time, but as a general rule, it's one year in your in your current role. Okay, interesting. And so if you did want to bring somebody out though, who was a, a potential for a position, you didn't want to have to bring somebody from the outside, what's the process you have to go through them? Do you need to get permission then from that current business unit they're working for? And and what is the attitude around that typically? I could definitely speak to that, Denise. This, this has changed again throughout my eight years with Trimble. It used to be an environment where you had to get permission from your manager to interview for a new position, which definitely caused friction between those that internal employee and their manager. If they, if they wanted, to, if that manager felt that they were a sort of valued person that if they could lose them, they could block them, right? And say you can't go, right? And that has completely changed through the years where all our employees need to do at this point. It's just inform their manager that they're interested in this other role, making sure the lines of communication are open and moving forward from there. And then we get involved in talent attraction as a talent advisor to make sure that whether this person is on that change ready sheet that Lisa's been dealing with, right? But we still want to give them that same white glove treatment. Again, they are an internal employee. We want to make sure that they are treated with the respect they are due as being an internal employee, right? And make sure that we are hopefully at minimum, getting him an interview with the hiring manager. If we cannot, we need to have a very solid reason why we're not. Maybe it's a complete career change, right? Right. But even as Lisa spoke earlier, when you have an internal employee that does not get the job, a lot of times in a lot of companies, you never know why. Right. And not only do we as as, as the talent team want to make sure that we are letting them know that that role was not for them, they did not get it. But we also ask the hiring manager to provide us and provide them, excuse me, not us, provide the employee where they fell short, what they did well, where they fell short, what they can do to grow. So it helps them, again, as they continue their career growth within Trimble. So there's like a, a, a total shift then in mentality then around this yep. compared to what you were talking about, David, years ago, 
for a lot of us who've been recruiting for years and and just the the stigma, if you would, if you're an employee and you're asking your manager, hey, I'm interested in this other position, I'm going to interview for it, just the treatment that you might get, or maybe that manager might take an adverse, have an adverse reaction to your, your inquiry on another position or another department, right? So you guys have shifted the mentality around this considerably. Very much so, Denise. I remember a distinct time, again, this is seven plus years ago, where I was having a conversation with a colleague about a role I was looking to fill that I'm like, what, from my time knowing you and watching you work, I think you might be good at this. Yeah. Right. And about 45 minutes later, I had a director in my office screaming at me for trying to poach his employee. Right. 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 That would not happen now. And now, and again, I was very, I was very professional with the director and said, "Hey, my job is to find talent in this organization, whether that's internal or external. That's my job." And we got past it, and he and I are now buddies now. We're friends now, right? But that was a mindset back then that don't try to take by good employees. Yeah, exactly. No, and that's why I thought it was worth a conversation because I mean, just it's a great program. But there's the two, two sides to every every coin, right? So, yeah, this is interesting information. And again, you guys have completely shifted the way that people look at this. Instead of it being, you're poaching my employees, you're giving them the opportunity to, hey, you're giving my employee then an opportunity to step up and stay with the company and grow his or her career. Lisa and I were talking about this earlier today. I, I believe, what is it, Lisa? The Is it the attrition, normal attrition rate out there is about 17% among companies? Is that is that the normal rate that's out there? I've even heard higher, but yeah, 17 is probably the average, yeah. And we're right around 9%. Wow. Right? Wow. That's amazing. So you're half, about half. Oh, yeah. And that's, again, just by building the culture of focusing on internal mobility, making sure that we're getting those folks into the mix. So what percentage of hires do you guys have that are external versus moving people around annually? that number off the top of my head we're we're i think internal is in the mid to high 30s is that about where it is lisa that sounds right sounds about right wow but that's not but denise that's not including interns that we convert to full-time that's not including that sure yeah we just had a huge win that we celebrated where our india team celebrated converting 100 interns to full-time like that doesn't happen everywhere <laughs> Yep. For what types of positions? A lot of engineering, but really runs the gamut. Okay. Amazing. And those are interns that are in India, going to school in India. Okay. Correct. Interesting. Wow. This is an amazing discussion. I hope that we can have a follow-on conversation about other aspects of Tribble because you guys have are working for a very progressive company, obviously. But it's not a new company. That's another thing I think that makes Trimble so interesting is the fact that this is a company that's 45 years old. And so you guys have really jumped ahead as a technology company. And this is a, an amazing conversation, amazing company that you guys are working for. And I want to thank both of you so much for joining me on this podcast. And I hope that we can have follow-on conversations. Thanks, Denise. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, all right. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Talking TA with Top Source Talent. 
We trust that our discussions has provided you with valuable insights and actionable strategies for your journey as a talent acquisition professional. Our mission is to be your go-to resource for staying ahead in the ever-evolving landscape of talent acquisition. Whether you're a seasoned recruiter or embarking on your recruitment career, our aim is to equip you with practical advice that elevates your day-to-day work. As we continue sharing valuable insights with you, we're excited to support your growth and assist you in building the best workforce for your team. Stay inspired, stay informed, and until next time, happy recruiting.